Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Episode 60 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. Tyler Uremchuk, Cam Lewis, and uh, this this is perhaps the most excited I've ever been to record an episode of this podcast with you, Cam. Really? No, yeah. absolutely fucking not. Jesus. Wow, I thought you were being serious. <laughs> no. I thought that you actually got a big dick about the news that six games in the regular season, uh, the 2022 Major League Baseball season, have been canceled. I thought no. you were excited about it. I don't you get a, baseball. I don't get it. I don't get excited for this at all. Um, it's brought our podcast is always delivered to you by DoorDash. Promo code BJN Pod DD gets first time users of the app 25% off and no delivery fees. So a big shout out to our friends over at DoorDash. Um let's let's dig into this shit. And it is certainly shit, Cam. <laughs> it is. It was it was a really disappointing little stretch there because what happened is is everyone's emotions got toyed with. If you're the kind of person who's just kind of following along on Twitter. Then what happened to you is on Monday night, there was some news that came out. It was Bob Nightingale, kind of a bit of an enigma of a reporter, a guy who gets stuff wrong a lot came out and said, wow, there's a whole bunch of momentum now between the, the players association and the league when it comes to the collective bargaining agreement. And then, wow, they're going to spend the entire day of Tuesday trying to bang something out before this deadline. It's going to, you know, the drop dead deadline for games to be canceled. And then ultimately what happened on Tuesday is sweet fucking nothing. And now games have been canceled. Yeah. So the first two series of the season are wiped off the schedule, which was for the Jays an opening series in Baltimore. Wouldn't it have been fun to watch the Jays beat the fucking wheels out of the Orioles to start the season. And then the first home series against the Rays is also wiped off. That's um, fine. Yeah, that's fine. We don't need to do. We don't have that. to reschedule those games. <laughs> um, but for me, the real disappointment was like, yeah, on Monday night, you're sitting there and I have not been very optimistic about things at all throughout this process. But on Monday, as we crept closer to that deadline, which we thought at the time was kind of midnight Eastern, we got closer. You're right. Nightingale was tweeting stuff that there seems to be momentum. You'd open up Twitter and there was actually like a general vibe of optimism for once instead of the usual doom and gloom. We're going to miss a season kind of thing. And that really got me going. Like I was sitting in bed as we got closer to what would have been kind of like one, two in the morning. And I just couldn't stop scrolling. I was like, keep giving me more. At that point, I actually thought when I went to bed on Monday, 
I was like, I think I might wake up Tuesday morning and hear that they're very close to a new deal. And I, and I honestly thought that I was feeling good about the process. I was like, you know, it was such a slow drag for months and months and months. They didn't even really talk and they're going to find a way to save baseball here. And that <laughs> could not have been further from the truth. Uh, yeah. Other end of the spectrum. There's, there's, there's kind of an irony here. It almost unfolds like a baseball game, right? I mean, the way the lockout talks went this week is much akin to how baseball just breaks your heart. It's like the bottom of the ninth and they got two runners on and we're like, Oh, they're going to do it. And then the seven, eight, nine guy come out, all come up and strike out. That's basically what happened. But the reality is, is what major league baseball did is they created this situation by design. They were the ones who instituted this kind of arbitrary deadline. They said, if a deal isn't reached by this point, then we're going to cancel games. Well, you're the ones who are in charge of canceling games. So this isn't like a real tangible, mutually made deadline. This is one you said. So what they've done is they, 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 they leaked this information that on Monday night, the reporters were all saying, Oh man, they're inching towards something. And then all of a sudden on Tuesday morning, the narrative shifted and it was with the players tones a bit different. They're getting maybe a little bit more greedy. We are offering this concession, but I don't think they want it. And then the deadline rolled around and the players were the ones who had to come out and say, we're not going to sign this collective bargaining agreement. We're declining this. And it seemed the way Major League Baseball built it up was, hey, look, if the players just get on board, that we can get this done before the deadline, everything's going to be okay. But it's all manufactured theater. And the whole point of it was is to make players look bad. And that's what's happening. You go on Facebook or Reddit or whatever, and you look in comment sections and people are spazzing out. Why didn't the players hit this deadline? Why didn't the players hit this deadline? Like They fucked up. Now there's going to be no this, no that, no opening day, blah, blah, blah. And that's the whole point, man. This was very predictable from all the way back at the beginning of December when the owners disappeared for a whole month. This, you know, they've had this all mapped out since day one. There obviously is a section of fans who are very much like, oh, the players just like quit being greedy. Take your money. You get paid to play baseball. But I actually have been a little bit surprised with, for the most part, and especially with some of the mainstream media how pro players the conversation generally kind of is like you the article from Jeff Passan for me was a great example of it when he kind of said if you were to wipe out and I'm paraphrasing a little obviously but he kind of said if you were to wipe out every player in the majors and bring the next batch of guys up the product would suffer greatly and then Passan said if you were to take the 30 owners and replace them with just 30 other business people the product might actually get better and I thought that was a really damning quote from Passan and we have seen a lot of you know, big guys, big reporters around the league, big voices in the baseball world kind of come out and say, like, this isn't on the players. This is on the owners. And it's also very easy when you sit then you look through like a thread that Evan Drellich had um, about where they are and the specific numbers. It honestly does kind of look like the owners have just been stagnant in their one kind of this is the offer. We'll budge a little, but we're not budging a lot. Whereas the players, it seems like maybe have moved a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the players have already <laughs> given the owners a pretty massive concession. Like they've, they've, I think at this point, um, and I could be wrong here, I think they've agreed to now expanding the playoffs yeah. to either 12 or 14 teams. And I mean, when you expand it and basically add an extra round of these three game play in series, like we saw in 2020 during the COVID year, you're guaranteeing like a, an obscene amount of money made up um, in terms of revenue for the owners. And and the question is, is, is that money actually going to be funneled back to the players or is it, you know, $500 million in revenue in October from this extra playoffs and then nothing in terms of, you know, pre-arbitration bonus pool or higher minimum salary X, Y, Z. I mean, 
<laughs> that's the thing about it that's just so shocking is the players have already like this this new deal will feature them essentially playing for free in October without salaries without then really seeing any of that money and that's just that's just kind of like being accepted and the other thing correct me if I'm wrong here but part of the reason why expanded playoffs wouldn't be good for the players is that it would make it easier for teams and owners to get a cut of this playoff revenue, right? And have playoff games in their building instead of the current system. You know, you're adding extra teams and all of a sudden, if you're a team like the Blue Jays, you would have made the playoffs last year, which we would have loved, right? But let's let's go a step further, right? Like who would the Mariners would have made the playoffs, right? Mariners would have been. It's really bad in the National League. You have like the Phillies and yeah. just like a whole bunch of really bad teams. Well, so and then if the Mariners would have made the playoffs, they would have gone into this offseason going, yeah, we're good. Like status quo kind of we can add around the edges, but we don't need an impact piece because we were already a playoff team. Right. And now they'd sit there in, in the current system. And they go, fuck, we need to go out. We need to add Robbie Ray. We need to spend money. We need to spend, spend to, to make the playoffs. And it creates a more competitive offseason where teams are more inclined to give an extra couple million to make sure they get their guy because it's hard to make the playoffs. Whereas if you reward mediocrity, that incentive to spend a lot on key pieces and impact guys isn't necessarily there. Yeah, it's very easy to become the Oakland Athletics and just be the middling whatever team you, you know, draft and develop a guy and then you kind of let them fuck off. And but in between that happening, you can put together a completely solid team of, you know, pre-arbitration guys for like control your guys and trade deadline acquisitions and such. You don't have to go hard and go and make a huge free agent acquisition. You can just be a middle of the pack team, make the playoffs and Hope you get lucky. a whole bunch of money like yeah exactly later on and i mean it's it's hard to complain about expanded playoffs when you're a blue jays fan because you go back and look um if they had these 12 or 14 team playoff fields between 1994 and 2015 when they didn't make the playoffs for two decades then you have like seven added playoff appearances in there you have you know the 2006 team should have been a playoff team last year's team should have been a playoff team like you know it's it's hard for us to argue against it but you see the economics of it and it's 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 clear what it is it's watering down ultimately the product the best thing baseball does um october baseball the playoffs are very good they have the best playoffs in my opinion of the four major sports in north america but they're yep. watering it down to add this extra round of games and they're also watering it down so that the small market owners can continue to just not spend and there can just be you know philadelphia or sorry pittsburgh colorado um the uh the rays the athletics teams like that teams that just don't spend and they can just be thoroughly mediocre and find their way in so right now the system sits at five playoff teams the owners obviously want to go to 14 there was talk that the the middle ground would obviously be 12 and i actually don't hate the idea of adding a 12th team to the or adding making it a 12 team playoff like I think, you know, if you're rewarding the top two teams in each league with buys and then also you get rid of the one game wild card and it's a bit of a series. So the teams that do make it at least get a little bit of a chance to actually play in a series. And it's not the one and you're done thing that you currently have between the four and five seats. I don't mind six, seven in a league is a little yeah. bit more difficult for me to get behind. And I feel like a lot of people are kind of in the same boat as me on that. I agree. I'm like, I just said, like I have that whole long winded rant there. Yeah. I mean, as Blue Jays fans, we should want an expanded playoffs, but also you don't want to completely cheapen it. Right. I find the NHL and the NBA playoffs are 
they're, they're pretty bland in a lot of ways. I mean, there's teams in there that are just, they're just bad, right? Like there's, it gets kind of, it, there's, especially in the NBA playoffs, like uh, yeah. the, yeah. the series between one and eight and two and seven. And it's like, what's the point of this? Yeah. I, mean, I think it's yeah. the way the sports are marketed too, right? Like the NBA does market its superstars very well and superstars drive play. They can play in a playoff game 40 minutes, right? And in the NHL, this, the sport and it's diehard old school kind of fans, they love the parody, right? They love that the Columbus Blue Jackets can sweep the Tampa Bay Lightning in a seven game series as the eight seed. So I, I think it really is like a sport by sport basis. I I'm of the belief that the first round of the NHL playoffs is fantastic because it's hard checking. There's good games every night. The sport generally is close. And in the NBA, I agree. I, I don't watch the first two rounds of the NBA playoffs pretty much at all. I start tuning in in the conference finals when the superstar when it's superstar versus superstar kind of stuff. Right. So again, I just think 14 teams making the playoffs in baseball would just, it would also defeat the purpose of having a 162 game regular season. Like if you're going to let that many teams in, cut the regular season down, which they could definitely do anyways. But part of the, you know, appeal of that or the point of 162 game season is like, Hey, by the end of this marathon, the top four or five teams are going to be standing in each league and you're going to have a good playoffs. And if you go to seven, it really makes 162 even more pointless than it currently is. Yeah, I think I think Major League Baseball, again, of the four professional sports, they're the one who most frequently of a very good team wins the World Series. Um, the NFL, I mean, it's pretty un- uncommon that a, a bad team wins the Super Bowl, but it happens. And then you have an NHL like random teams going deep and i think me and you are probably a bit different on this you like the parody a bit more i would prefer to see more of a true test of merit i i personally would like to see a smaller nhl playoff but that's a whole different aside but i think major league baseball is the one that's closest to european soccer in that the entire season matters and things like winning the division it matters you you can you can pop champagne and have a big party because your team won the division like for the jays the winning the winning the al east it was a it was a big thing in 2015 like even though they didn't win the world series, they didn't win the tournament. It was a thing. And I don't, I, I think you might lose that if you expand into the, into having so many teams in the mix. Right. I just think, you know, are you still popping champagne and getting excited because you're the seven teams latched in? Is that, is that, is that a cool thing? Like, you yeah, know, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, let's give some love to our friends at twigginberries.ca. Uh, MLB may be locking out the players, but Twigginberries would never lock you out. They just keep coming through with fantastic product after fantastic product. Check them out, twigginberries.ca. Use the promo code NATION15. Gets you 15% up. Freshen up your wardrobe before the spring because I don't think you're going to be rocking your Blue Jays jersey around in the, the beginning of the spring months. Yeah. Are you protesting against the lockup by not wearing any Blue Jays merchandise in spring? Right at the end of the year last year, I bought a brand new crisp white Vladdy Guerrero Jr. jersey. And I was, yeah, I was at that game with you. Yeah, yeah you were. I, were I was very game. excited to wear that on opening day today or opening day this year. And it's not going to happen. Um, something that just came up on uh, my Twitter feed eight minutes ago as we're recording. Wow. Well Mike, Trout, Mike Trout released a statement. Really? Yeah. And it reads, I want to play. I love our game, but I know we need to get this CBA right. Instead of bargaining in good faith, MLB locked us out. Instead of negotiating a fair deal, Rob canceled games. Players stand together for our game, for our fans, and for every player who comes after us. We owe it to the next generation. Yeah, I think that that's that's good you brought that up because I was uh, looking for a way to bring up this tweet from Anthony Rizzo, which I think very perfectly paints exactly what's going on and what's in store 
and how long this thing is going to drag out, which is to the fans, we will miss you most to the younger generation of baseball players. This is for you. This sounds like these guys are going and jumping in a fucking van and going to fight in like a world war and they're going to be gone for a year. So and <laughs> this, this is not ending anytime soon. Like we're going to miss, I would guess at least a month, probably two. They're, 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 they're duking it out here. Yeah. Like, and that's the other thing too, is it's just so disappointing because on Monday, Monday night, it looked like maybe these two sides were going to come together and, and make something work. And again, you just, you read the quote from Rizzo. Oh, no trap. Yeah. It's, it seems like we're right back to square one in all of this, right? Like it feels like the last two days didn't even happen in terms of negotiation. It just feels like they got close and then immediately went back to their original standing points and were miles away from a deal. Yeah. The thing that I find particularly, particularly jarring kind of about how I feel this is going to play out is that if you're the owners, it's not that hard to lose games. It's not hard to compensate for April and May disappearing. Like think about April and May games, like 10,000 people showing up to watch a game in cold weather. Like, are you even buying a beer? Are you buying anything? Like, these are pretty shit games. I mean, you're also competing on TV against NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs. There's a whole bunch going on in sports. Um, I mean, realistically, Major League Baseball doesn't have its monopoly on the kind of sports discussion like landscape until what, like July? Because then again, you have the NHL and the NBA draft, a whole bunch of shit's going on. It's, you know, it isn't really that big of a challenge to lose games, I don't think, until July starts. And then even then, like, if you add an extra round of the playoffs, what's that going to pull for revenue? I think there was a there was an article on um, on ESPN and they said that it was going to be $85 million in revenue to add up to 14 playoff teams. So, I mean, <laughs> that so easily compensates for so many of the games that could potentially be lost. And even then, like there's different options for the owners in major league baseball to make absurd money. If you go and sign a streaming deal for September games with Amazon or Facebook or something like that, then your games are worth significantly more and that's how they compensate. And if the players are really ready to go and battle, then, you know, this is going to wage on because the owners can, the owners have no problem losing games. It really doesn't matter. It, they don't give a shit about the big picture. They don't care about the interest in the game. They care about grinding the players into pace. Like we might view the players as rock star millionaires, but the thing is, is the billionaire class still views them as peasants. And it goes even beyond just them wanting to extract surplus value from this pe- these people. It goes into their egos. They want to grind them into pace. They hate the idea of the players unionizing and fighting for you know a larger cut of the pie. These are, you know, that's that's how they view them watching my uh, th- this might sound weird but like the villainizing of rob manfred is a little off to me i get he does represent the owners and i was very yeah. irritated watching him stand up there announcing games are canceled while he's like smirking and while he's like taking little shots at ken rosenthal as well i just that was super weird to me like you, you yeah. probably have a better better grasp on the situation and what fans are looking at. But that also probably does speak to the fact that, you know, (sighs) speaks to the fact that they don't really care. Like you kind of said. But what's interesting to me is you see like Marcus Stroman being like Rob Manfred's got to go. And like Mike Trout in his statement was like Rob canceled games. And I Mm -hmm. find that interesting because it's not like Manfred is making these decisions single handedly. 
I feel like just throwing a bunch of shit at Rob Manfred and being like, he's the reason this is happening is just excusing a lot of the owners that are behind why this is happening. And those small market owners who were led to believe are the reason this deal isn't closer than it is. Yeah, I think I think the strategy there for the Players Association is to kind of pick a scapegoat to represent um the league and the owners as a whole. I think when you go after an owner specifically, then people start to get defensive. Like if you go against the Colorado Rockies because their owner is, you know, he's a, he's a huge, um, he's been a huge voice there on behalf of the, on the league and the owners is um, you just, you alienate fans and you piss people off. Like we're going to go after the Rockies and we're going to say, Hey, fuck your owners doing blah, blah, blah. Well, then the fans are like, well, you know, like we're a small market team. We're playing Denver, blah, blah, blah. Like it's hard for us. And then I guess, you know, it, 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 you don't gain as much sympathy that way. So if you go after Manfred, who, you know, is so wildly unlikable, he, he earnestly seems as though he doesn't like watching the sport. He has little to no charisma. I mean, to be completely honest, from like the perspective of the players, it's easy. Major League Baseball has given them a pretty easy guy to throw tomatoes at. Like it's a pretty easy scarecrow to make because again, the guy, uh, he's just, he's just like a, he's just like a rotting bag, right? Like the guy doesn't say anything charismatic or interesting. He just looks smug and condescending. Like you'd never want to, you know, go and grab a beer with that guy. No. It just seems like he sucks. So I mean, the players are, that's, that's who they're going to direct it all towards. And that's who, if people are going to be on board with the, what the players are going for in this and like on their side in the debate, then going after Manfred is the way to go. That's a good point. I didn't really think about it in that perspective. Um, One of the quotes, Shai Davidi and Ben Nicholson Smith have been doing a great job covering this for Sportsnet, obviously, as they always do in this kind of stuff. Um, But one of the quotes, they chatted with Ross Stripling and Stripling said the owners were torn in some regards. There are some teams that really didn't want the CBD CBT to go up. There are some owners that just weren't on the same page. So we're fighting that when they're fighting each other. And we held steadfast on what we believed in. We think it's reasonable. But that line about the owners were torn in some regards. I would imagine that Blue Jays ownership is incredibly frustrated that there are games being taken off the board just when you consider a how good they would have fucking been this year. And we know when the Jays are good, Rogers makes a lot more money. 2015, 2016, those are the only examples you need. The Jays being one of these young up and coming teams who was going to, you know, really kind of make their push this year. Kevin Gosman's here, all this stuff. They're probably in that group of owners who are sitting there throwing their hands up going, what the fuck are we doing here? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, think about it. The Jays 2020, they didn't, you know, I mean, I guess it was pretty much the same with everybody, but the Jays didn't have a single home date in 2020 In 2021. They only had how many games in Toronto, like a handful. It was August and September before that they're playing out of Dunedin and Buffalo. And this year, again, they're going to miss a whole bunch more home games. If all goes how it appears as though it's going and we assume, okay, like at least April's gone, probably May too. You're losing what, like 20, 25 home games. Like that sucks. And this is right at the, the at the beginning of the uh, the competitive window for the Blue Jays. This is you know last year was kind of supposed to be their first year that they really broke out. This year again, like you know they they look very likely like a playoff team. <laughs> I mean they're not going to be able to they're not going to be able to capitalize, and it's extremely frustrating because this is now the third consecutive season in which home dates for the Blue Jays are going to be fucked over by something. And yeah, undoubtedly Rogers would be one of the owners that's not in favor of a lockout. I would imagine other 
bigger market teams are too. Like, I don't know if you're the Dodgers or the, the Yankees, you're just like, fuck it. Let's just do our thing. This is worked for us. It's going to continue to work for us. It's fine. But the challenge is, is that you have, you know, enough owners in major league baseball that are cheap as balls because they run the fucking Pittsburgh pirates or Colorado Rockies and they don't want to pay anyone anything and still find a way to slip into the playoffs as a dog shit team. And that's what they're going for. But the thing for Rogers too, is if you don't have Jays games, what the fuck are you putting on TV in the summer? World poker tour. Right. Like remember when the, the NHL yeah. lockout in 0405 <laughs> was what birthed there being poker on TV. Like what is Rogers going to fill the airtime? And again, like they'll be okay. And sports fans in general will be okay when it is, you know, NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, all that stuff. But where baseball, I think, will really, really hurt in terms of losing portions of the fan base will be in sort of that post all-star break buzz, right? When the trade deadline happens and you can dominate the headlines for a few days with that. And then you roll down the stretch drive. And if there's not interest at that point in baseball, which if there's no games, there will be no interest. That's when I think you'll you'll have a lot of people who really find other other ways to enjoy their summer and uh, you know let's say 90 percent of them come back i i do think you know like 10 percent potentially would just sit there and go hey i love f1 now like a lot of people do right hey i fell in love with fucking tennis this summer and i don't give a shit about baseball as much as i used to like the sport saw this happen obviously before i was born in 1994 but it's very easy to go on twitter and find people who say like hey the 94 lockout or 94 strike, sorry, killed my interest in the sport. And I never came back to be quite as diehard as I used to. And I think probably in this country, a lot of that as well is tied to the Expos leaving too. Um, yep. But just I, the fact that the owners aren't recognizing that this could be disastrous for future fans of the sport, that's disappointing. Or maybe they do recognize it and they simply don't care. And that's just even more disheartening. Yeah, that's that's the thing is, I mean, surely, I mean, it's hard to wrap your head around the idea of individuals that have seen like so much financial success in other areas. If a business look at their long term investment, their sports franchise as just this thing they're going to cut and kill, like they're going to kill this market. They're going to, you know, like you can't, you can't, you can't be a major league baseball owner and think the sport is in like a healthy place when your average fan is like 56 years old, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> many young people are into baseball. Like you and I are both unicorns. We're both, you know, <laughs> people in their twenties. They really like baseball. It's not super common. You don't often meet other people of this age and especially younger than us too. Like how often do you meet well, I guess this has kind of gone in a weird way because you don't meet very many teenagers, but how many mm-hmm. like, people born in the 2000s do you meet that just really love baseball? It's not that you don't even see it. as big as the NBA or as soccer. It's just, it's not even close. So, I mean, right now what we should be having is spring training and, you know, late off season signings, maybe that kind of thing and hype for the new thing, the new season. And what we're having instead is just anything you see about major league baseball on social media or anything, TV, however you get your information is just bickering. It's just the commissioner is a fucking jackass. The players are greedy, blah, blah, blah. Like it's such a shitty thing to consume. It's nowhere near the escapism that the other sports offer. Baseball now is just depressing. It's bleak. 
And how do you not see this and just realize like, okay, look, like we have to play some fucking games. We need to generate interest. We need to do this. We need to do that. Like last season was cool. It was interesting. It was exciting. Shoei Otani, a pitcher hit like all these dingers. It was sick. And you have all these young up and coming players. And what are you going to do? Keep them on the sidelines until mid July. And then just hope people are interested. Well, by then, like you said, people are going to be into other stuff. They've made different summer plans. They've found different hobbies, different things to watch on TV. It's just so dumb. It's just, it's so short-sighted. And it's shocking that people that have had like this much success and other adventures just don't seem to realize this or don't care. It's so depressing. It's depressing to realize that like everything in your life at the top is controlled by just these malicious ghouls. Just these horrible, horrible people. It sucks. Yeah, it's honestly just like a super depressing time to be a baseball fan. And uh, even if they come back and they start the season July 1, June 15th, whatever it could potentially be, um, it'll be hard, similar to the COVID shortened season. I didn't get into it that. It was a joke. I didn't get into that year nearly as much as I usually get into into a baseball season. And I, my concern, my fear selfishly as a fan is that Man, when this thing comes back, it's just going to feel like another fake phony season like the COVID one did because we're starting it in the middle of June and the schedule is yeah. all thrown off and it's only 80, 80 games, games, right? Like 80 and, games, 14 then, teams in the playoffs. Like, what's the point? The Jays are going to make <laughs> the playoffs and it'll feel like it did in the COVID year, you know, when they were doing that weird thing with Caleb Joseph on the mound and that little rally on Sportsnet when they clinched. And I remember watching it being like, this doesn't feel like the the baseball i love right and and that's what i think it'll feel like if it's 80 games and 14 teams make the playoffs and the jays are the fucking five seed in the american league even if they're the four seed in the american league i'll maybe i'll be into it maybe i'll surprise myself and be wrong but right now i know but like but right down and watch again (laughs) maybe but right now in like this depressing state of being a baseball fan i'm sitting here being like how could it even matter at that point? It won't feel like the real thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being like super. Would you protest? Would you protest against it at all? Like wiping your career aside. So say you're not in this job yeah, and you didn't have to watch sports every single day as you do. Would you protest this at all as a fan? I'm not sure if I would. I'm, I'm half enough. I've, I've gone through enough NHL lockouts. Yeah. I guess one and a half in my lifetime now. I'm not counting the 1994, 95 ones. So two. But, you know, I came back right after 0405 and I was thrilled to watch the Oilers. I came back after 12, 13 as well to watch the second half of that season. I yeah. Mean, and I, as much I, as I talk, I'm going to be, I'm going to watch their first game before we go to it. Yeah. And I probably will too. That's not really my style to do the whole, like, I'm not watching games thing. Cause like, I love the Jays. There's a reason I do this job. Right. Yeah. Like, so For I, sure. pro- I, yeah, like I would come back and, you know, I probably will get just as excited watching them down the stretch. I just don't think it would have the same feel of it. And that's part of the concern with going to seven teams each in each league in the playoffs as well as like when the Jays finally got in in 2015 and 2016, when they were so close this year, it just really, and you touched on this, you nailed it. It really feels like you accomplished something, right? Just Mm -hmm. making the playoffs in baseball is such a big, big thing. And it's not like that in other sports and for baseball to move that way, it, it would be a little bit disappointing, even if it does, in a way, get easier for the Blue Jays to start going on these runs and give us September and October baseball or meaningful September and October baseball. Um, I think that's about it. Um, the one thing, and it's the end of the Shy Davidi piece with Stripling, is uh, 
Stripling says, Monday, man, it didn't look like we were close. And all of a sudden we were kind of close. We weren't that close, but we were kind of close. Goes on to say that if a deal would have gone down Monday night, we would have had guys packing up and in Florida by Friday. Monday was a good shock of how quick it'll happen once it happens. So maybe that's a little bit of optimism to, to carry away with this is maybe in a week or so or however long it takes, they're back talking and the threat of or the cancellation of games. And, you know, maybe the owners sit there and see how united the players are and are like, fuck, we, we got to give in on a few of these fronts. Maybe things will move quicker than we than we hope. But I'm I'm not exactly holding my breath on that. Yeah, I mean, hey, the sentiment of baseball is that hope springs eternal. I'm starting to get nice outside. The snow is melting. It smells kind of good. I don't know if that's the case in Edmonton. I imagine you guys are still in the dead of winter. But the whole point of this time of year in baseball and the function it fulfills is that it gives us hope. So it's nice to have a little positive thing there to think about, even though I would venture personally that we see at least one month of games gone. That's my expectation. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to allow myself to get too optimistic because I don't want to get hurt. Fair enough. Uh, whenever baseball does come back and you decide that you need a new cap or a new jersey or a new Blue Jays t-shirt, our friends at Sports Closet will be there for you. Check them out, sportscloset.ca. They do ship across Canada as well. Uh, Coombsy, I think that is going to do it for episode 60 of our podcast. When are we going to be back? Who knows? <laughs> I, 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 I have a, a nervous suspicion that the Jays are going to play their first game on Canada Day. Okay. Well, I mean, that would be a nice moment, I suppose. Um, It'd be kind of fun. Can I, I'll, I'll end it with a great question for you. When the Jays play that first game, who's playing first base, Vladdy Guerrero or Freddie Freeman? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Freddie Freeman playing first base for the Blue Jays on Canada Day. It's exciting that he comes out wearing one of those Rogers branded red jerseys. <laughs> Everyone gets the largest maple boner possible. It's sick. Big win. A Canadian right. team has just won the Stanley Cup, too. Rogers is just hand over fist making money. Like everything is good. <laughs> to the Everyone's changing their phone because they're so excited about the chase. <laughs> All right. I'm going to wrap this up. Cam, uh, when there is an update, we'll do another pod or something like that. Um, until then, thanks for tuning into Blue Jays Nation Radio. Shout out to our friends over at DoorDash, BJN Pod DD. Gets you 25% off, no delivery fees on your first order. Coombsy, have a good one, man. Best wishes. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.